You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today for another Mailbag Monday here on the show is my co-host, Charlie, and yes... We do have some mailbag questions that we're going to answer today. We're going to get to those in just a few minutes, but we're going to open today with a recap of the weekend that was in Georgia Athletics. We'll make this quick, but I mean, we know football is always the center of the Georgia universe, and with spring practice set to kick off this week, which is awesome. I'm very pumped about that. But obviously, most eyes in the Bulldog Nation are set back firmly on the gridiron. But as much as we love football, you know that we also like to keep you up to date with what's going on with some of the other programs on campus. So I want to take at least a few minutes to do that because it was a pretty great weekend here. Well, it wasn't all in the Classic City, but it was a great weekend for the programs that are located here in the Classic City. And let's start with the Diamond Dogs who swept Lipscomb over the weekend to move to 13-3 and on the year. Charlie, is it cool to you if I just take this? I know I'll be if you if you want to throw some baseball talk in here, feel free, but I don't think that's exactly your thing. If I think of something, I'll add it. Which is a euphemism for no. Probably. Probably. We'll go with that. Alright. Anyway, great weekend for the Diamond Dogs. Swept lips come to go to 13-3 on the year. And once again, it was the pitching that was the story for the dogs. We only gave up two runs over the entire weekend. Yeah, I get it. It was Lipscomb, but I don't care who you're playing. Two runs over a over a three-game weekend. That's pretty solid pitching. And we're actually, right now, we're third in the SEC in both ERA and opponent batting average, which is impressive in its own right, but especially, I think it's even more impressive when you consider that we have almost an entirely new starting rotation. And really, our pitching staff in general, we have a couple of guys that have been with the program for a while in the bullpen. Ryan Webb's been with the team for a while as a starter a little bit as a freshman, at least started a few games as a freshman, been in the pen for a couple years, is now a starter. But our pitching staff in general, we have a lot of young guys that have been getting work over the first couple weekends of the season. And so far, the returns have been great. It probably the biggest news, if you're looking for like one big thing to take away from this weekend, I mean, as much as you can take away from sweeping a program like Lipscomb, But for me, clearly the biggest news this weekend was the return of sophomore John Cannon. He actually made his return against Georgia Southern in the middle of the week, pitched two innings in that game, pitched four innings over the weekend on, I think it was Sunday he pitched, and that's big time news, guys. John Cannon, if you're not familiar, I know we did our baseball preview a couple weeks ago. I'm sure a lot of you heard that, a lot of you probably missed that. But John Cannon, if you don't know that name, 
If you care about Georgia baseball at all, get to know that name. He was projected to come in the season to be our number one starter, our Friday starter. Very unfortunately, came down with a case of mononucleosis, what, about a, about a month or two ago? And obviously, if you guys have any experience in mono yourself, hopefully you don't, or if you know anyone who's had mono or just have a passing knowledge of mono, it's not a good thing. That's something that can knock you out for months. And even once you like come back and get cleared for, for activities to actually like play your sports, it really takes a while to build your strength back up. So it was great to get him back this week and start that process of building him back up to what John Cannon was prior to getting mono. So big big time news there, having him come back. Again, didn't pitch much, only pitched six innings over the course of the week, two on, I think, Wednesday and four on Sunday, but didn't didn't give up any runs, looked pretty good in doing it. So that's great to get him back. I also got to throw, if we're talking about, talking about pitching, I got to throw some props out to Ryan Webb. I mentioned him a few minutes ago. He has been great for us to start the season. He actually missed the first weekend himself because he was getting over COVID. Had a lot of injury issues on the baseball team the first couple of weeks. So maybe it's great that we haven't started out with such a, a crazy tough schedule. But once he came back and missing that opening weekend, missing his first start, he's been absolutely lights out in his three starts. He's given up zero earned runs in three starts over 12 and, and two-thirds innings pitch. The guy has been really, really good. He's a veteran. He's been doing it a long time. He's, he started some games. He's come out of the pin at times. Got a really good curveball. He's got a, a good solid fastball, sneaky fastball as well. So hopefully he can keep that up as we enter SEC play. And speaking of SEC play, it opens this weekend here in Athens against number 18, Tennessee. It's definitely a big jump up in competition. We haven't really had any series against anybody that has much of a pulse the first month or so of the season. And I think that was by design and understandably so. We have we do have some veterans coming back. We're also working working in a lot of young guys, whether it's in the lineup or whether it's in the pitching staff. We lost a lot of key contributors off of last year's team. So I understand why we opened up maybe a softer non-conference slate than we have in a couple in the past couple of years. But things are gonna jump up in a big way. So hopefully our guys are ready uh, for the challenge. And the pitching hopefully continues to to be as stellar as it has been through the first couple of weeks. Obviously, Tennessee is going to be better than Lipscomb. They're going to be better than Evansville. They're going to be better than Gardner-Webb. We know that. But I think our guys are up for the challenge. I still do have concerns about our bats, the offense. Like We have some guys that can hit the baseball. We're fine. We actually, I think we're top five in the league still. I think we're hitting right at 300 as a team, which is great, but we just don't have a ton of power. We don't have a ton of power in that lineup. I think we're in the bottom third in slugging percentage and runs scored, and that's going against, again, the likes of Gardner-Webb, Lipscomb, Evansville, Kennesaw State, Georgia State, Georgia Southern. I mean, respectable program, sure, but not SEC cover program. So that's still where my concern lies with this team. I wasn't sure about the pitching coming in. When you lose guys at the top of your rotation like we did with Cole Wilcox and Emerson Hancock off last year's team, I was concerned about what the pitching staff would be like, especially when we opened the season without Ryan Webb, without John Cannon, who are our top two projected stars in the rotation. But the pitching staff has been fantastic. They've kind of picked up right where they left off, but the bats are still, I don't want to say a problem, but we just don't have the power in the lineup. And that's where I'm afraid we might run into trouble against some of these better SEC programs. So Regardless, it'll be a lot of fun. We start SEC play this weekend. Great stuff there if you like baseball. But also, now Charlie, this is more your your speed right here. I'm going to bring Charlie back in here. It was a big weekend on the courts for both the men's and women's tennis programs. The men made the Alabama road swing, came away with two close, hard-fought victories, 4-3 victories against both Alabama on Friday and then Auburn on Sunday against decent programs. I mean, Alabama is ranked number 28 nationally. Auburn's number 39. We're number 20 right now. We've been as high... 
as number, uh, we actually were in the top 10 earlier in the year, then we had some injuries. But Charlie, you texted me after the match on, I think it was yesterday you texted me, and said that these were these wins over Alabama over Auburn were two huge wins for the men's program. I agree with you. Personally, I agree with you. But for the average fan out there who might not watch it as closely as you and I do, explain what you meant by that. Why are wins over the number 28 and number 39 teams in the country, two programs that aren't tennis powerhouses, why were those such big wins for this program? Well, it keeps us ahead in the SEC for sure. It keeps us it keeps our head above water. And if we have any hope of hosting a regional for the tournament, That's we need what, as many wins as possible. Absolutely. And, for, and we, I think we've mentioned this before, but for those of you who don't know and don't follow caution as closely, which I think is probably most of you, we're trying to we're trying to help that a little bit, but. To host a regional, you have to be in the top 16 of the rankings. The rankings are a little bit different this year. Usually it's been a formula. Now they have a committee that's doing the rankings. We were in the top 16 for the first half of the first part of the year. We fell out recently. We've talked about this before. We've had some injuries to two of our top four guys in the lineup. Those guys are back. They're not fully, completely healthy yet. But we started out one and four in conference play. That's tough. And the SEC, it can be a beast, especially on the men's side. And we still have some big matches ahead of us. So to get these two wins... Especially considering, that, yeah, our guys are back and playing, Trent Bride and Blake Crowder, but they're still not 100% healthy, especially Blake Crowder. He's he's a guy that won, won like 18 matches in a row and has now, I think, lost three in a row. That's just not Blake Crowder. Like, he's still hurt. He's, he's fighting. He's playing as hard as he can, but he's not 100%. So even if it's four three victories over the number 28 team and the, and the number 39 team, it's still huge for this program. It showed these guys that, that they can win these matches, even when they're not 100%. It is really important for them on the road to really have to grind and work for a match like that. I think that can really do a lot for your confidence. Let's be real, Charlie. The confidence of these guys was, I don't want to say shot, but it has to be hurt, right? When you start out one and four, you have to you have to have a little bit of a blow to your confidence. So I think it's, it's great to get these wins. And we have a huge week in the men are back in town this weekend. Two top 25 matchups. We have number 11 Wake Forest coming in on Friday at five o'clock. And then we have UCF as a makeup match. That will be happening on Sunday. They're, I think they're number 21 nationally right now. So two chances to really move ourselves back up in the rankings if we can win both these matches and hopefully with another week to get our guys healthy. Hopefully that can happen. So if it's, if it's another nice week like it was this, we can come out, check out the matches. It's first come, first serve. They say only 275 people are allowed in. Charlie, I don't know about you. I look up and I think there's more than 275 people in there. I, don't, I haven't seen them turn anyone away. Have you? No, I have not. Yeah, I haven't seen anyone get turned away. So try to come out. Enjoy the matches, um, high-quality tennis, top 25 matchups. Should be a lot of fun here in the Classic City over the weekend. And, of course, the women's tennis program, they just kept doing what they do. They defeated number 19 LSU on the road. They were one of the top three contenders in the league. They beat them 4-0 in Baton Rouge. Charlie, obviously, this one's on the road, so we did not get to see the entire match. But I know you were like me. You were watching as much of the live stream as you could on Friday night. It was another dominant win. Any big takeaways? Anything that you noticed that you want to talk about on the show here from that win over Baton over LSU and Baton Rouge? Marta was playing well on court five. She was in her third set. And she's been and struggling she was a little up bit. In her third set, she's been struggling a little bit coming back from her wrist injury. So it's really good to see her kind of get back and so we can get that confidence back. She's been such a good player for us for such a long time. And I know we've mentioned this name a couple of times. Everyone knows Katarina Jokic. She's the number one singles player. Well. She's not ranked number one right now because they haven't had rankings come out in like two months. But in my opinion, she's the best singles player in the country. I don't really think there's much question about that. We've talked about Meg Kowalski, how good she's been in her streak. But Leah Ma, 
Did you get? I, I don't know who you were watching on Friday because the way it works is if you're watching live streams, you only watch one match at a time. You can't watch all six at the same time. Did you catch any Leah's match? Yes, I did. Leah's coming on. She was playing very well. She looked good out there. I, I keep saying this. Cat is awesome. We know how good Cat is. We love Meg. We love all the players on the team. I think Leah Ma is the key to this team. If she can continue to improve and play up to her potential, because you watch her play, you and I had this conversation not too long ago. Like Katarina Jokic is obviously an incredible player. She's the best player on the team, the best player in the country, in my opinion. But you and I were talking. Is there any world where maybe Leah Ma has a higher ceiling than even Katarina Jokic does? She might. I think there. I think you can make that argument. I think she moves. She glides around the court. She moves better than. I mean, Cat moves really well. Like, it's hard to criticize Katarina, Katarina Jokic, but Leah Ma. She's taller. She's long. She everything she does is just effortless. Graceful. It's graceful. She glides. It's effortless. She has every shot in the book. She has a better. Right now, she has a better serve than Cat does. Now she's not nearly as consistent. With her ground strokes and her volleying. And I don't know if she's as competitive as Kat right now. That's one of the reasons that Kat is so good. Is Kat is just fiercely competitive on the court. She just wants... Every point she loses, you can tell it bothers her. And her backhand is an absolute weapon. And Leah... I don't know if she has that kind of power. But when Leah wants to, Leah can hit any shot, almost any shot. She's Leah, really, really good. Leah likes to screw with people. But it's almost like... It's, like when you watch her play, it seems like she's being lackadaisical at times. Like you get, like when you watch her, you're like Leah, yeah. like get into the match. She had a slice on Friday, and it didn't go over. But it would, if it had, it would have been like a, drop a ridiculous shot. shot. A, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a slice, a slice drop. And yeah. she was just like, meh, okay, next. Yeah, next point. I think I actually saw that. And like she, and she like hits it, and, then, and it's obviously it goes in the net. It's not her point. Point for the other team. And she's like, eh, whatever. And she like shrugs it off. And that's a difference. Like her and Kat are just different personalities. Yes. And, I mean, Kat sure. is clearly the better player now, right? It's not even it's not even close. But if Leah continues on the trajectory, she's only a sophomore. I think she has a chance to maybe down the road be better. And that's crazy to say because Katarina Yoga is the best tennis player, men's or women's that I've seen here in Athens. I now I didn't. Wa- I wasn't watching Isner play. I wasn't into tennis back then, so I know obviously Isner is incredible. But that I've seen personally, I mean, for Kat's Leah incredible. to be a freshman, well, they call her a freshman. Well, she's it's her she's second. She's very year. good at planning her point in advance. She knows what she's going to do. She's incre- she knows the game. She's talented. Yeah. She's she's awesome. But she was in, she's been so inconsistent. Like last year, the early parts of this year, she has lost matches to people. That you're like, you have no business. Yeah, losing that North to. Carolina match was not good. She wasn't even in that match. Well, and I, mean, I didn't necessarily expect her to win that one. I mean, North Carolina, by the way, is number one in the country. But They're it really was good. it was brutal and it was fast and and she in occasion she will have a match like that. Yeah, and Cat, Cat, and, and, and I'm not saying Cat never loses. Cat has lost matches before, but she won't. She doesn't lose like that. She will fight and fight and fight and fight. And it comes with maturity. It comes with 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 time in the program, experience, and also just her personality type. But I think Leah is overcoming. She's starting to come out of that a little bit. You're starting to see more emotion from her on the court. She seems like she's a little bit more into it. Which again, I don't want to criticize her. That's her personality. But man, she's talented. She's really talented. So I think she's the key to the team. If she can continue to, to play like that and continue to improve this year. We are going to be really, really, because we have a ton of depth and we're going to be really tough if she can play like that on court. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. 
Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. But all right, that is our, I guess, winter slash spring sports update. So there you go. A couple of sports that might not get as much attention on, in the mainstream. I want to give them a little bit of love here. But Charlie, we've got some questions, some mailbag questions to get to. So let's go ahead and transition into that. What do you got for me today? All right. Jason has a question about spring practice. He wants yes. to know who you think will be the starters at each position when spring practice is over next month. And it starts tomorrow. Each position? So we're going to like the entire roster? Like every position? Offense yeah, and defense? All the way through my outline goes to letter S. Letter S. So you're like you have A is what? Running back? Quarterback. Qu- oh, of course. We're going to start with quarterback. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try to... I know that you're looking... That's an easy answer. I can see it in your face right now. You're like, oh my God, he's going to do this for 45 Stetson minutes. Stetson Bennett. He's going to do... Yeah, yeah, of course, right? I mean... Yeah, obviously. But yeah. How would you... Like, if we... Obviously, Stetson was kind of thrust in the starting lineup, right? At the start of the season last year. What if we went through an entire offseason and Stetson, like Stetson was going to be our guy? Like... Can you imagine what that? I mean, I, I hate. I'm not trying to rip on Stetson, but think about it, like we always had this hope and this excitement about, hey, this is going to be the year, right? You always give me crap for that. Wouldn't it be an entirely different feel if it was like, oh, Stetson Bennett's our quarterback? Like the, I think I would be just depressed for six months because it's like I know we had like we had we're not hey, going to win anything. He may not be big, but. He's I got the he heart of a lion. everything he could. No, Stetson is a... Like, I love Stetson Bennett. I don't know. It seems like I'm ripping the guy. I, I mean, this guy gave us everything he possibly could. It's not his fault he's five foot eleven. What am I... He's bigger... Probably bigger than me. So, I mean, I can't give him too much crap for that. But, I mean... But the fact is, if Stetson Bennett was going to be our struggle in this season, we'd all be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. We have no chance to win a title. Like, what... But we... But it's not going to happen. So, let's uh, let's stop ripping Stetson Bennett for no reason whatsoever. You brought this on. You started it. No, I know who the quarterback will be. J.D. Daniels. Right, so I'm not going to... And moving on to letter B. Yeah, what I was going to say was like, you're looking at me like, oh my God, this is going to take 45 minutes. He's just going to go on and on. I'm going to go as fast as I can for you. So yes. Okay. J.D. Daniels. Starter, he's Amir White. Okay. Is there any... There's not anyone else that can take that, right? Why? Because we've criticized Amir White on the show before? No, I just... I don't know that it's going to be any different. I mean, I'll stick with what I've said. I I think Zeus is a really good back, and I think he has a really high ceiling and can be good. I think he'll improve more this year. I think Kenny McIntosh, if I was the running back coach in charge of the the pecking order there, I would go with Kenny McIntosh. I think he's the total package more so than anyone we have on the team. But I don't think it'll be him coming out of spring practice. I think it's going to be Zamir White. Okay. All right. Receiver one. Receiver one, so X receiver. Yeah. go with that. All right, so the X position is our number one receiver, George Pickens, clearly. Duh. All right, Z receiver. Jermaine Burden, that's not changing. We started as a true freshman. Why would that change? All right, slot receiver. Kiaris, that's not changing. Okay, tight end. I'm going fast. Like you're, like you. I, I can't uh, read um, the words fast enough. Tight end, 
Darnell. Darnell Washington. I love him. I'm not your boy. Left tackle. Oh, this is where it gets tricky. Oh, coming. So this is coming out of spring practice. Yes. Like after G Day. Um, usually you don't see these young guys like they might make a move and like internally in the program. Like we said this on the show last week on our spring practice preview. Internally, like there might be like, oh yeah, this guy's probably gonna be our starter. But like they want these guys to stay hungry and keep working during the off season during the the summer weight programs. Mm, so I'm gonna go chalk here. I'm going to say Xavier Trust. I don't think he'll be the one that starts for us day one at or in Charlotte against Clemson. But I think coming out of the spring, he'll be number one on the depth chart. All right. Left guard. Jamari Salyer. Okay. Center. Mm. We talked about this a little bit last week. I think that Cedric Van Pran is probably the most talented option there. I think that he – if I didn't project now, I'd say by the time the season starts, he'll be our starting center. But again, they want to keep these young guys hungry. They don't want them to have this sense of entitlement. I think he'll make a move. I think you'll read the practice reports about him making a move during the spring. But I think the odds on favorite to at least be listed on the depth chart as the number one center coming out of spring practice, the guy's probably going to start G-Day at center. Let's go Warren Erickson. All right. But Cedric Van Pran later on. Yeah, if I had to project down like who's going to start against Clemson, I'm going to go SVP. Okay, right guard. Mm, Justin Schaefer. Got to be, right? And he's coming back. He's going to start. Right tackle? Again, I think this is – I've made it clear in the show for weeks now that I think the, the both tackle spots are wide open. But if we're going safe here, I'm going to go Warren McClendon. I think there are a couple of guys who have an option – who have a chance, whether it's Marius, Amarius Mims, uh, Broderick Jones, Tate Riley. There's a couple of guys that, that can – Owen Condon even could be back in the line because we forget that Owen Condon actually did start game one last year and then kind of didn't perform so well and lost to John McClendon. I think McClendon's the safe answer coming out of spring. Going into the seat, going into the actual season through fall camp, I don't know. We'll see. But right now, I'd say McClendon. All right. Nose guard. Oh, we're going defense now. Oh, Jordan Davis. I mean, this is the, he's the best defense lineman in America. Okay. I'm just – they're listed. I know. I know. So you're doing, you're doing your job. I'm, my, my disdain is not for you. I, yeah. I just – in general, like, how dare you even ask? Jordan Davis is the best defense lineman in the country. You can also write these down later and see if you get them right at the end of spring practice. We'll yeah. See I'm, how I'm cool with that. Get Let's do it. I'm cool with defensive that. Defensive tackle. Three tech defensive tackle. Oh, man. Okay. This is kind of tricky because hmm, Jalen Carter is so freakishly talented and so gifted, and he's going to be a first-round draft pick at some point in his life. But Devontae White has also returned for his senior season and or for another year with the COVID eligibility. Ah, man, I'm going to say coming out of spring, Devontae Wyatt. But that's kind of like a 1A, 1B kind of thing with him and Jalen Carter. Like, it's just going to be a thing. They're just rotating constantly. By the time we get, I mean, at least by the mid, by midseason, Jalen Carter might be the starter there. But they're both going to play a lot. Okay, well, on your list, you have to pick one. Devontae Wyatt, coming okay. out of spring, Devontae Wyatt. Uh, defensive end. Five technical, uh, Trayvon Walker. Okay, outside linebacker. So we're going with, are we going with, Two at like base defense, or are we going nickel package with a star? Um, he didn't specify, so whatever you want. Let's go, let's go nickel. We're in a nickel vast majority of the time. Um, so we're going one outside linebacker on any given down on standard downs. Nolan Smith. Okay, inside linebacker. Nicobe Dean, hands down, no question. The one that's a little bit more up for grabs would be Quay Walker. I'm gonna go with Quay. He's a little bit more experienced, and he's got a higher ceiling than the other guy. So I'm gonna go Nicobe for sure. Quay Walker, a little, le- a little bit less for sure, but let's go with Quay. Okay, star. Hmm, this is where things get 
iffy. Oh, man. So if you watch the bowl game, Latavius Bruni. And we've lost a lot of guys. We have basically no depth right now at anywhere in the secondary. So, ah, uh, man, there's a couple of options. I'm very, actually, this is one of the spots I'm very curious to see who actually gets work at stars at star because there's going to be some cross training. There's no doubt in the secondary. There's going to be cross training to see where the best fits are. You want to get the best guys out there. I would not be shocked to see a guy like Keely Ringo get some work at star. But based off what we saw towards the end of the season, the fact that he's a veteran, usually with spring practice at the time, the veterans are kind of penciled in as the starters. And then, like, if the young guys make moves, that typically, like, actually, like, replace him in the starting lineup, that usually happens in the fall. So I'm going to go Latavius Brini. I don't feel super confident about that one. Maybe less confident about that than any other position, but let's go Brini. Yeah, let's go Brini. He's going to finish the spring as a starter. All right, corner. Got no depth there. Keely Ringo at one. And I'm going to go, I would say a grad transfer if we got a grad transfer. I don't know if that's going to happen at this point. At least we don't know right now. The guy we're looking at, Darian Kendrick, apparently got arrested over last week. So who knows what that's... what how that's going to impact us potentially going after him. But let's say Keely Ringo and am I really going to go with true freshman here in Island Green? I am not. I'm going to go Jalen Kimbers because at least, I mean, he has basically no experience, but at least he's been here for a year in the system. It w- certainly would not surprise me, if, especially if we don't get a grad transfer. It would not surprise me. It doesn't have to be a grad transfer, but just somewhere from the transfer portal. It would not surprise me if Nyland Green takes that job by the time we open game one in, in Charlotte. But coming out of spring, I don't think they're going to give him that right away. So I'm going to say Jalen Kimber. All right, and safety. Yeah, I think this one's probably, this one's pretty clear. It's locked up. Lewis Seen and more than likely Chris Smith, who after, of course, Richard LeCount tragically got injured last year. He was a guy that was that really handled that responsibility really well coming in in relief of Richard. And I think certainly through spring, he's going to be the guy. And what other options do we have? Maybe major burns, maybe. Maybe we cross-train some different guys back there. I don't know. Um, yeah, let's go Let's go, Chris. But actually, can I make a – can I change my cornerback pick? Yes, but after this, it's in stone. It's in stone? Okay. Keely Ringo, Amir Speed. Okay, Amir Speed. I, I, it slipped my mind there. Amir Speed's been around for a while. I think he's gonna get potentially the first look because he is a veteran, been in the system, and he'll get his, he'll get his shot. And I think he'll probably do enough to hold on to it through the spring. So everybody, everybody else is so inexperienced. Nyland Green, Jalen Kimber, again, those guys could make moves in the fall. I don't think they're gonna come out of spring as a start. I think on the depth chart, whatever that means coming out of spring, which really is nothing, I would say Keely Ringo and Amir Speed. Yeah. Okay. Now, is that it? That's it. Woo! Uh, how, how quick was that? It was like I mean, five minutes. I should have timed it, but I didn't. It's like five minutes. I think it might be more than five. We'll, we'll go uh, Five-ish. All right. Next up, Todd asks a question with a little scenario. He wants to know what happens first. Does Kirby Smart win a national championship at Georgia, or does Dan Mullen become a head coach in the NFL? Which happens oh first? Oh, my God. Well, let me All right. Dan Mullen, I think it's pretty clear, wants to be a head coach in the NFL. It was pretty well publicized that after the season – this past season, he was looking, like he was like promoting himself and trying to get jobs in the NFL. He was trying to do that. And he didn't get any takers. There were uh, clearly nobody was biting. There were jobs open and there was no traction there whatsoever. And that was Dan Mullen coming off the best year that Dan Mullen has ever had as a head coach. Dan Mullen's stock was literally has literally never been higher. Even with all the off-the-field fiasco issue, like the clownish behavior of him, like all those idiotic things that he says and does because he's just an idiot, his stock as a coach has still never been higher because he had never achieved the kind of success that he achieved this year. 
Now, COVID and injuries, whatever, part of it, sure, absolutely. But the guy won the SEC East. You got to at least say that. I mean, it happened. It's reality. And he's never won any division during his time as a head coach. So his stock was at an all-time high. And he still did not get any takers in the NFL. So this year, when I would, at least right now, not project their offense to be nearly as high-powered, it'll be a little bit different because they lost some playmakers. The quarterback's going to be a little bit of a different type of player. But I don't think their offense is going to be nearly as high-powered as it was last year. I don't think their team will have nearly as much success as they did last year. I don't think they're winning the SEC East. So if you got no takers last year, he's going to get some guys this year that all of a sudden want Dan Mullen. He has less success this year, and his offense is less prolific than it was last year. I just don't – that's not logical. That doesn't make any sense. And here's the thing. Charlie, get ready to kill me if you want. Kirby Smart's won the national championship this year. So, yeah, if Kirby Smart wins this year and Dan Mullen's still the coach at Florida this year, I'm I'm going to go Kirby Smart wins the national title before Dan Mullen's the coach in the NFL. I'm writing this down. March, right, right now. March 15th. Subject to change. 2021. I reserve the right to change my my thoughts here. 6.49 p.m. What day, what day did you say this was? March 15th. It is March 15th. Okay. Do you not know what day it is? I thought you said something Did else. the time change confuse you? I mean, the time change sucks. So don't even get me on. Don't even get me started on the time. You and I are on opposite ends of the spectrum. You love this time change. I yeah. hate it. You're so angry. I lost an hour of my life. And now we none of us can hear because of the shouting. People out there are with me, right? Yeah, you're with me, guys, right? This The time change is ridiculous. You should do a poll. Just make up your mind. Like, I'm not even trying to make this a political thing. I, I know some people try to make this a political thing. I'm, not, I'm just saying, like, pick one. Pick one or the other. And let's just stick with it. Now, I will say the fall back is, like, the greatest day of the year. It's not usually, like, after the Georgia-Florida game in Jacksonville almost every year. It's usually the first weekend in November. Right, so it's always, like, my birthday weekend slash Jacksonville-Georgia-Destroys-Florida weekend. Well, I, now I, we'd be. I don't know. Yeah, so it's always it's usually like when we when we be Florida, it's my birthday weekend. Like when I was a kid growing up, it sucked. My birthday always sucked because we always lost to Florida. My birthday, by the way, is October thirtieth, and not that you guys care, but like you guys get it. Like my birth, like the, the actual game has been my birthday multiple times throughout my life. In fact, I think this year, correct me if I'm wrong. Let's look at it. I think it's on my birthday again this year. Let's see. Not that anyone cares. I'm just checking this out. You just October. think you're so special. I'm not. Yep, Saturday, October thirtieth. And when I when we win, it's the great, it's incredible. It's such a great time. It's my birthday. We we beat Florida. It's awesome. When we lose, like it ruins my life. Uh, but we all, but regardless, like coming out of that, I had the, the little silver lining. Regardless of what happens in Jacksonville, the little the little silver lining is, oh, I get a shower of sleep. And when you're depressed, next shower of sleep does you good because all you want to do is just sleep and not think about losing to those idiots down in Gainesville. But yeah, I mean. We're going to win the national title this year, and Dan Mullen's going to be the coach at Florida. I, he's not going anywhere right now. Maybe at some point. I don't know. I I don't know. Again, I just go back. He's never had as much success as he did this past year, and no, he got no takers. Why is that going to change? I think the only way that changes is if he has like sustained success where he's winning like SEC East titles in consecutive multiple years in a row, wins an SEC title, wins a national title, that kind of thing, then maybe that gets their attention. But short of that, like if it didn't happen this year, when's it happening? And, oh, yeah, again, we're winning the national title this year. So March 15th. Does that make me a homer? 2021. I I get criticized for being a homer, but it's like, if I truly believe that. If anyone that listens to the show doesn't think you're a homer, then I don't know. Well, clearly I'm a Georgia guy. I make no bones about that. Right, but you also know that there are flaws. I try to be as objective as I can about it, but, of course, like, my heart is always for the Georgia Bulldogs, and... 
And, and I'm never going to get away from that, but I do try to be as objective as I can. Sometimes, sure, of course, there's going to be some Homer moments. But I, I mean, look, I don't want to get into the whole, we're going to win the national title conversation right now. That's a whole episode that we'll do later on. Um, in fact, I have plans. What we're going to do, guys, later on the season, or later on the offseason, I'm going to do a full episode of reasons why we will win the national title and reasons why we won't win the national title. Two separate episodes. Please don't invite me to be on that one. Oh, you're not going to... I'll invite you to the one about why we won't win the national title. Okay. You're, you're the Debbie Downer. The, you're no, the one that I brings just, us all down. No, because... Like, you shame me for having confidence in my own team. No, it's just it, every time, it, every year. It's just I like, do not say... I did not produce one of the national title this year. Everything is set up to be great and then it... No. Hopes, it is what... This is what fans do, Charlie. I know, but see, I I rather just um, yeah. In the season, myself. in the season, you know, I do that. Going to each game, I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna lose. You know that. In the season, I'm convinced we're gonna lose every game because I I'm I'm with you on that. You prepare for the worst and hope for the best because you're inevitably gonna be let down at some point, and you want that that blow to be as as um. Well, you you want it to crush you like it crushes like it has in the past, right? You want it to be as soft of a blow as it possibly can be. So I get that, but I mean, it's the off season, and by the way, we are really freaking good. Yeah. So it's not like I, it's not like I, it's not like I'm a Kansas State fan saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna win national title, boys." I'm not a Tennessee fan saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna win national title." No, I'm not doing that. So we, people in Kansas and Tennessee sound I, the same. I, I've never been to Kansas. I don't know what they sound like, but in my mind, they did sound alike. <laughs> it's it's okay. probably not true. All right. There's a lot of farmers in Kansas, right? I mean, yeah, but I think they have a different. Accent. What do they sound they like? Probably have what do they totally sound like? What does somebody vo- in Kansas sound like? I don't know, but they probably have a totally different vocabulary also. I mean... You know those maps sure. where it's like, the we know where you live based off of what you call... I've been to Missouri. Like and, soda. Okay, yeah. It's more of a... It's Midwest, so it's not the South. You're right. Okay, fine. You're right. But like... Oh God, let's not get into geography. No, we're not getting into geography. arguments. But... Uh, Point stands. I'm not a Tennessee fan who has no chance on earth to win anything saying, oh God, yeah, this is the year we're going to win the national title. I'm a Georgia fan who is the fan of a team that has had number one recruiting classes multiple times over the last five years, okay. has won SEC championships, has been in the playoff conversation year after year after year. Georgia's, so it's realistic. So Georgia's going to win a national championship, which means yeah, that will happen before base, Dan Mullen. Yes, the back to the original the question. NFL. Yes, that right. could have been a Next up, sentence long answer. Gerald has a question about interconference transfers. So the ACC. Inter? Or intra. I said intra. Did you? Okay. Yeah. You enunciate a little better. I'm sorry. Sorry, listeners. The ACC announced that they are eliminating the ban against interconference transfers. Do you think the SEC follows suit, and do you think they should? I'm curious your take on this, because you get up in arms about, like, fairness. So, should, like, if Georgia recruits a guy and develops, puts, invests in this guy, spends money recruiting him, spends money training him, putting him up, giving him a scholarship... Should he be able to just say, all right, deuces, I'm out of here. Let me go to another school, a, a, a competitor within the conference and beat you? Should they be able to, Should that school be able to benefit me, from no. what you invested in that kid? Me, no. So you would say, no, they should be allowed to do that. But if you're also going to allow kids, every, every kid gets one free transfer, you know, I know that's something you're in favor of. Everybody, I don't even know that you mm-hmm. should get that. Like, really? When See, you that's, make okay, a commitment really? to go to college. There it is. There it is. When- <laughs> Hard-ass Charlie. <laughs> When you make a commitment to go to college, you should be thinking, oh, college is not like a one-month experience. College is a three- to four-year experience. But you're also an 18-year-old kid making this decision. But And I know, okay, you're an 18-year-old. I can see your face. Okay, defend yourself. You have got to be an adult. 
I understand that, but you're also being recruited by professional adult salesmen who and, do this for and, a living, who sell you a bill of goods at times. And it happens. that's when parents come into play, coaches come but, into play, But not play, every, not every player is fortunate to have parents who are that involved. Well, then those adults around them need to start stepping up. And you also have, there's handlers involved. It's not like, for it's example, not always up to just the kid. Who, Eric, what is his name? Eric Gilbert. Okay, you went to LSU for a year. Yeah. Then you were going to transfer to Florida and now you're not going to Florida? Yeah. And it's but we April, don't, but March? again, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. No, there. we don't. But I'm just, you know, unless there's a family emergency. Could be. Or, se- right. I'm giving a, okay, fair. Not, I'm not talking about him right now. I'm saying in, in general. general okay. If there is not an extenuating family medical reason, explanation for a kid transferring, you know, yeah, you might do something at the school that gets you on the bad list. Well, you're also an adult, so you better figure out how to fix that problem. But what about coaches just up and leaving their teams to make more money somewhere else? People leave their jobs all the time. But isn't wouldn't you say that these players, are, this is their job? Can't they just up and leave their job anytime they want? I think that they're getting a unique experience. See, I think you're doing mental gymnastics right now. No, I think that they are. You have to yes, know that the coaches are getting paid millions of dollars. But you have to know that they're going to move on if they get a job, just like you would move on. Like they will move on if they get a better job offer when they're older. But why do they have to be older to be allowed to move on? Why can't, if you said they're adults. They're 18 years old. They're yeah. adults. Should, if an adult coach can leave, why can't the adult Well, then I think leave? that just becomes tuition money being spent. And I don't know that that's necessarily fair. I see where you're coming from. And on some level, I do have a problem with it. And I don't think you should just be allowed to jump around from... And this is my personal experience. I know people who are my age and have had like eight different jobs. How can you have eight different jobs and people still want to hire you and you've only been out of college for like 12 to 14 years? Where's your loyalty? Like, there's no loyalty or reason You're talking about bygone era. It doesn't, I know, it doesn't exist and I'm, I'm old-fashioned in that, that, like, you need to you put think? in the work and you need to earn your way up. Like, you shouldn't come to college and expect to start. And I do think there is some value. I, I agree with that. There's some value in when things don't work out for you immediately. You give up. Sticking and you it out. find somewhere Right. Else. Like, I think that's become acceptable in society is where, and I know this is used as kind of a cop-out. Like, what well, we don't want these kids to transfer because it's in their best interest to have to fight through it. And I get why that might seem disingenuous to some people, but I think there is something to that. I think there's value in having to go through adversity and come out the other side. Life is not easy. But at the same time, and I and I and I think there's some value to that. But at the same time, these players, they're they come to college with the express goal of getting the NFL and making money. So if they see a roadblock in their way, they want to go through the path of least resistance, the where they think they're gonna have the best chance to promote themselves and make money for the NFL. They have a chance to make money in the NFL. That's what it's about. But as the, men- it's the almighty dollar has become. I know, but as mentors and coaches and parents, shouldn't you want your player, student, child to learn to overcome adversity and instill some work ethic? Yes. Again, I think there's so value in that. Perhaps there should be like a you know, prescription of this is how you can, these are the only reasons you can transfer. And I don't think a new coach is one because you go, you get hired for a job. I do. You get hired for a job in the real world and you're probably not going to go get a new job. You got to figure out how to work for that person. But your average college kid can just leave up and leave their school whenever they want. But a football player can't. 
Like if when I went to UGA, if I decided to send for me, I could have transferred to Georgia Southern or wherever I wanted to go if I wanted to. But just because you play a sport means you can't do that now without having to sit out a year in I mean, your in your sport. Tuition paid for them. That is true. I did not yeah. get my tuition. I had to. I had to work my yeah. butt off through school. And, and but they're working. They're working too. Like they're getting that paper, but they're also working. What they right. do is a job. But they signed an agreement, knowing mm. these things in advance. But I also like when I went to UGA. I signed an agreement saying I'm coming to UGA, and I took somebody else's spot. Like they yeah. could. They, that spot could have gone to somebody else. Like I don't know. It's. I don't know. But I go back to what you said. Like there's value in hard work, working through adversity, being loyal, those kind of things. But really, I think there are also a lot of kids that would come into a situation where they get a new coach. They don't get that coach a chance. They just write it off and say screw it and move on. It's like yeah. no, you got to try. Give the guy a chance. You you might be he might turn you into an all star player that you didn't know you had that. Position. Absolutely, it's it's certainly. I mean, Kirby Smart's done that with a couple of players. I think. I mean, we're getting. I don't want to spend too much more time on this because we're getting off the rails here. I think it's a good conversation, but I think. What it comes down to is it's more of a societal question or societal change where like we measure success now. Instant satisfaction. We want instant satisfaction and we measure success more than ever. It's always been, to a degree, it's always been measured by this way. But I think more than ever before in history, we measure success by how much money you make. And so players are like, well, I got to make a lot of money. I want to be rich, right? And so if, if that's my goal, then I want to go through the easiest path possible towards that. If that means I gotta leave the school, who cares? And it's not about having to work. They don't see the value in working through adversity and overcoming things and being and loyalty is not a thing. That's not that, that is not a value people have anymore. No, I know, I know. The, I, I know. shouldn't say anybody. Most people. That's not like the players. Like it's hard to come by. Like they, they, they. Sure, they come to Georgia. Yeah, they like Georgia. They're a Georgia guy until that messes with their money, and then the money's the almighty. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. And I, and I don't necessarily fault them for that because they should have a chance. It's it's capitalism. This is where we're getting into like a crazy conversation. We're going to stop there with the word capitalism. So do you think that the SEC should or should not allow interconference transfers? Ah, man, this is tough. I'm hesitating. I, you're right. In the past, I've said I think players should be able to transfer penalty-free. But the interconference thing bothers me. Because it's like the Cade Mays thing. You invest time and money this into this player, and then someone else gets to benefit. He shouldn't from have that. been allowed to transfer him. Like I wish that they like somebody. Should, there should be like some some like they should compensate you for that somehow. Like the players should have to pay back the sky. I don't know. That's never going to happen. But it, that that does frustrate me. It's like, hey, we spent three four years developing this kid, and now you're going to get the benefit from it. And it's like, oh, okay, that bothers me. But I don't. I think I, I would say yes. I don't love it, but if I had to pick one, I would say yes. Coaches can leave without penalty. I mean, I, I, sure, I guess they have buyouts, but these guys make so much money that's not really a big deal. And usually, the, their school helps them mitigate that. To do their new school helps them mitigate that. It's Did usually, you see the Auburn um, comparison of Gus Malzahn and the new guy? Oh, no, I didn't. It was like, Gus Harson? Malzahn, they guaranteed 75% of his contract. Oh, Brian and Harson, then yeah. And the new guy's Brian name? Harson. Okay, so they guaranteed 70% of his contract. Did they learn anything? Charlie, Auburn, no one wa- Would you want to live in Auburn, Alabama? I'm, I they know, They have I to know. do this I'm to get saying, anybody with so a pulse. It's so absurd. And, and they did that with Brian Harson, who was like their 19th choice. The amount That's of money, how many times they got turned down. The amount of money that could do so much good in the world... 
Capitalism, it's baby. It's just ridiculous. Goes back to capitalism. Okay. All right, gotta anyway. move on. Good conversation. Next question is from Paul. He says that it seems like Keely Ringo will probably lock down one of the starting corner spots with Speed, Kimber, and Green competing for the other. He asks, if the coaches feel pretty good about Speed and Kimber at the corner spot, what do you think about Green getting a look at Star? Uh, Paul says he knows um, Green is a little thin right now, but he seems to have the rare combination of length and athleticism to handle the position, especially if he's in a rotation, presumably with Brini. Or is there someone else you think that may be a better fit there? I don't think that's a crazy idea. Again, I think there's going to be a ton of cross-training in the secondary all throughout the secondary this, this spring especially. That's what this time is for. I mean, Nylon Green, he's about 185, about six, what, about six one, 185 pounds. I mean, you can get, I mean, Mo Smith played star for us and was that size. Like, you can do that. You just have to be willing as a, as a guy to go in there and take on some run game responsibilities. You have to be able to put your nose in there, be willing to do that. I mean, if you look at some guys around the conference, I mean, Malachi Moore at, at Alabama, I mean, he was a starter as a true freshman last year. He's six foot, about 185 pounds. Wasn't much bigger than Nylon Green. So we've seen it happen with other players and other programs, like national championship caliber programs. Nylon Green could certainly do that. And he does have – he's not like a big guy, but there's he's not like frail and thin like Jalen Kimber. Like you look at Jalen Kimber, it looks like if Jalen Kimber gets hit, the guy's going to fall apart. Nylon Green's got – he's a little bit more put together than that. So it's certainly possible. Keely Ringo is the guy. If you're looking for a guy with a body to be able to hold up in with his run fits against the run there and run support – I think he's the guy, 6'3", 200-ish pounds. I mean, he's the guy with the body to do that, but I just think he's so valuable out at corner that I don't think you can you can afford to put him consistently at star. I'm sure he will get a look there. I I'm, I'm feel pretty confident about that, but I know that this guy has been getting looks at cornerback, and I think that's where the plan is long-term, but it's not out of the question. And, and Brini, I know like Brini, I, I talked about before, he's – he did some good things in the last year, but I I still have questions about him in coverage and some of those faster, shiftier kind of receivers you're going to face in the slot. I don't know if I feel great about him holding up against those kind of guys, the guys like Kadarius Tony from last year. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But that's a really interesting idea to put Nyland Green potentially at star. I think he'll get a look there. I think all those guys will get looks there. Um, and but, but, but like you said, Paul, it's a great point. It, a lot of that largely depends on how do the other guys look at corner? Do our coaches feel confident enough with, with an Amir Speed or with a Jalen Kimber out, out wide at cornerback to where they can experiment with a guy potentially like Nylon Green inside? But certainly not out of the question, and I'm sure there will be all different number of combinations tried during the spring. Good question. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. All right, one more question for today. Philip wants to know, who are you taking the NCAA tournament and what does Georgia need to do to be in the big dance this time next year? Oh, my um, God. Everything. Mm. A Just, lot. 
new, new, entirely new team, new coaching staff, everything. Just I don't know, started from scratch. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, actually, okay. That second part of that question, what does George need to do to be in the big dance this time next year? We're going to hold that question for later this week. Curtis and I are actually right now, we're planning on doing an entire episode later this week, like a post-mortem episode, just recapping, reviewing, looking back at the Georgia basketball season that was, and also looking ahead to like, what do we need to do to fix this? Like, how can we get this program in, in the NCAA tournament? That is a plan that we have later on this week. So we're going to hold that question for later. Great question, Philip. Uh, but we're going to have some fun with the first part of this question. Who are you taking in, in the NCAA tournament? Uh, because I love college basketball. I, I've done like one full episode. That's it because I know most people in the Georgia fan base don't necessarily love college basketball because we're not good at college basketball. But you, those of you who've listened to the show for a long time, you know I am a college sports guy. Obviously, college football, way up there on the mountaintop, number one for me. But number two in, in the pantheon of, of just sports in general in America is college basketball. Uh, maybe college, college tennis has made a push there. I think I know college tennis is number two for you, or is it number one? I don't even. It's don't number even, one. No, don't even. No, don't. I mean, yeah, that's great. They're awesome, and I love it. But seriously, like, really? Yeah. More than college football. Women specifically. They're really good. Oh come on, college football. It's the South, Charlie. We live in Georgia. Yeah, I like tennis more. Okay, well, I don't know if you can be on the podcast anymore. All right, bye. All right, guys, say goodbye. This is it. Adios. No, I'm just kidding. You're fine. It's fine. We need. We need. No, I love tennis too. I love tennis too. I mean, right now. You find yourself entertaining? No, I don't. But I don't think anyone's ever called you entertaining before. I, in your I life. agree, but I think people are going to be laughing at the next part. Okay. Oh, at this, yeah, this part we're gonna have, we are gonna have some fun at your expense here. So I, I apologize in advance. But anyway, I love college basketball. I love college sports. We don't get to talk much college basketball on this show because again, we're not good. I always wish that we were better at college basketball so I could talk more college basketball. But that's just not in the. It has not been in the cards for us for a while. But please. Just indulge me here. We've talked a lot about Georgia football throughout this episode. Talked about the Georgia sports. Indulge me here. I know we're not in the tournament. I know this is a Georgia podcast, and you listen to us to hear Georgia sports talk, and we do our very best to bring you exactly what you want every week of the year. But again, please, just indulge me here for the last part of this episode. If you don't care about college basketball, you don't care what we have to say about college basketball, please, by all means, feel free to check out. I totally get that. But Philip's question gave me the idea for Charlie and I to make our NCAA tournament picks here on the show today. I have two blank NCAA tournament brackets. You can hear the paper. It's actually a physical copy because Charlie's old school. She doesn't know how to work the computer. She honestly, I thought that we could just put our picks in, in the, uh, like on Yahoo or ESPN or whatever, like digitally. And Charlie was like, I don't know how to do that. And I was like, I'm not doing it for you. So if you can just write it down, write it down. Charlie, it is 2021. So paper now when I was, easier. when I was like, Seven in 1992. I was like, "Oh yeah, Daddy, we got some paper. This is great." But now nah, we don't. We don't need this anymore. It, you realize that, well, right? Well, I am happy to write my own picks down. No, I will, I'll write them down for you. It's fine. But that's what we're gonna do here on the show. Um, I think this is gonna be fun because um, I watch. Again, I told you I'm a college basketball fan, and I, when I say that, I really mean it. I watch an obscene amount of college basketball. I watch probably, I would say, during the week, at least, during the regular season, at least 15 games a week. Like, full games, at least. I watch two every weekday, and Saturday, Sunday is just full of college basketball for me. Uh, and Charlie, how many full games of college basketball would you say you've watched in the last five years combined? I don't know. Probably not many. Have you made, like, you say you've watched one full college basketball count game? count if it's at a bar, and there are, like, did you watch five the games enti- on? Did you watch the entire game? I mean, it was on while I was there. Were your eyes glued to the TV while no. the game was... So you like 
You, so you looked up and caught like a play here and there. Yeah. That's not watching a full college basketball okay. game. That's not know. what I do. I mean, not I, many. So not many, maybe zero. Sure. Maybe zero. Like fair sure. to say. I, I think like you're saying not many. I think I see you've missed them for zero. I don't watch any college basketball games. So this is going to be like a sociological experiment of sorts. Because uh, I always, I mean, some of you might be like me. I get annoyed when people that I know don't watch anywhere near as much college basketball as I do. They, they don't even watch college basketball until like it's March Madness and they, and they get their bracket. Now they're, now they're also an expert on college basketball. And then somehow they end up beating me in, in these tournament pools that I get into. It's like, how does this happen? I'm not a basketball expert, but I watch a lot of college basketball. I'm really into it. And somehow these people just don't even care. Like they always end up winning. It's like, I don't even know. I, I get I, I get like too fancy. I'm like, I know more than you. I watch more college basketball. So look, I'm going to pick this upset. And like it never ends up working out because I want to be the guy who picks the right upset. So I'm an idiot. I get that. It, it, but that annoys me. So we're going to have some fun here with this and see if me, a guy who watches probably 30 plus hours of college basketball a week during the basketball regular season and see if I can beat Charlie who watches zero hours of college basketball or will she like wipe the floor me? I have a feeling Charlie's just going to destroy me here and I'm going to be hu- really embarrassed. So we're going to have fun at your expense, expense today, Charlie, but you might be the one getting the last laugh here. Um, and I also want to put this out there. We're going to put a link to a Glory UGA March Madness League. It's just for fun. It's not for money. You can't really do that for money uh, when we're on a podcast because there are laws against that. If it, if, if it was just some guys on the side, like, of course we could do that. But when you run a podcast, there's like wire fraud issues. And I don't want the IRS or any FBI or whoever would be involved in that knocking on my front door. So I would love for you guys to join and just have a lot of fun with it. Maybe maybe we can get creative. Charlie, you're smarter. Maybe we can figure out something we can do for fans. If you guys have an idea of something we can do for you guys that does not involve monetary prize money, um, monetary prize money, does that even make sense? Monet- that does not involve, <laughs> repetitive. does not involve us like dealing with money, then uh, let us know. Okay, get creative. You guys are probably smarter than me. I know you're smarter than me because I'm an idiot. But uh, yeah, we're going to put that league out there. We'll put a link to it. So if you're interested, just want to have some fun and see if you can beat Charlie and myself. And we'll, we'll let Curtis, he can be on the show today, but we'll let him put a, put a bracket in there as well. So if you want to see if you can beat us, like we did our Pick'em League this past year. That was a lot of fun for college football. We'll do one for uh, for the NCAA tournament as well. So be looking for that on social media. We'll put that out here in the next day or so. But anyway, Charlie, we're going to do this rapid fire. Okay. So you're we're going to start at the top. Me? I'm going to write this down for you. Top left. Uh, that's the West bracket. Did yeah. you just call that the top left? Yeah. Did, you see this? this that yeah, spells it's West. The West. It's the West bracket. Yeah, top left. It's the West bracket. Uh-huh. It happens to be in the top left corner. Right. So we're both right. You're making fun of me, but it's I'm not. Top I'm left. not trying to make fun of you. I'm trying to educate you. It's, okay. I don't want you to like, go out there and say, yeah, guys, I got everyone picking the top left bracket right. No one will know what you're talking about. <laughs> Right, it's the West. Yeah, they will. They'll know it's the West. Um. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. West and All right. South Midwest. Let's start at the yeah, top. Got it. West and South Midwest. It says South. Oh, okay. Midwest. I thought you said South Midwest, like as I'm it was one thing. Okay. Reading the words. I thought you were saying the South Midwest was like its own region. I'm like, there's no South Midwest. I don't even know what that the would South possibly Midwest. be. South Midwest. I mean, we sure. could create one. Yeah. Well, we well, wanted. Yeah. Let's not do that. No. Would okay. probably not be a good idea. All right. So uh, we're gonna go through this. I'll give you a little bit. Uh, a little bit of explanation on some of these big guys and tell you some teams that I have really been on and I'm buying this year. There's some teams that I am fading hard and I will give you some of those as we're going through this. But try to start at the top in the top left corner. Top as you left say. corner. I got Gonzaga. Uh, you got Gonzaga versus Norfolk State slash Appalachian State who wins that first four game. Gonzaga. Gonzaga? Gonzaga. 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 Okay. Then I got Mizzou defeating. Uh, hold on, Oklahoma. hold on, hold on. Oklahoma. You said rapid fire. I'm gonna. Be, I'm giving you these picks, okay? 
They got an eight seed Oklahoma versus nine seed Missouri. Mizzou. Mizzou. SEC. Any reason why? Oh, SEC. Yep. High quality, high quality analysis right there. SEC. <laughs> call talk. Call me a homer. All right, Mizzou. You're wrong. My local Oklahoma's gonna win that game. Um, all right, five seed Creighton versus twelve seed. All right, it says UCSB. You have any clue who UCSB is? University of Col. I don't know. University of California. California. San Bernardino. I mean, that's a good guess. Santa Barbara. Oh, Would probably okay. be a better answer. Okay. Um, yeah, so Cal, Santa Barbara. Creighton versus Cal, Santa Barbara, 5 versus 12. Creighton. Creighton. Now, no, although, I, didn't you lose a bet because of them? Don't even. Okay, yeah. So I had a huge parlay, guys. I had like not a huge parlay. I had a couple hundred bucks on the line. And I the last team I needed to win on Saturday was Creighton to beat Georgetown. By the way, Georgetown was not going to make the tournament unless they won the Big East. Somehow, they make a run. Creighton's better than Georgetown. But Creighton ends up losing by basically 30 to Georgetown in the Big East Finals. And so, Creighton, you're dead to me. All right, next one. So, is that, is that a spite pick? Did you just want to bring that up? Yep. Okay. Uh, number four seed, Virginia versus number 13, Ohio. Virginia. Thir- UVA. Oh, I need to get my picks for these, right? All right, so I've got Gonzaga also. I've got Oklahoma. Okay. Missouri. They're more Missouri's just not consistent enough offensively. Oklahoma has scuffled a bit of late, but they're far more consistent. Austin Reeves is a fantastic point guard. That dude is playing in the in the NBA. I just don't trust Missouri right now. Uh, I've got <laughs> you've been Creighton I, again. I, I hate you, Creighton. <laughs> I've got Creighton, but Creighton is a they have good players. And they're also dealing with their coach made some racist comments about plantations. Don't be cheating. Look at my picks. Um, so there's there's like some turmoil within that program, but Crane is a talented talented team. Marcus Zagorowski is one of the best point guards in the league. Balak is one like probably one of the two best years in the league, along with Corey Kispert from from Gonzaga. They're a talented team. They just gotta stop screwing around. They should be Cal Santa Barbara. So I'm gonna go Creighton, even though I hate them now. Um, I've got so you pick Virginia. First upset special of the tournament for me. Ohio takes down Virginia. Charlie, did you know this? Virginia had to forfeit. The semifinals of the NCAA of their ACC tournament. That's how stupid idiot Georgia Tech was able to get to the finals and somehow managed to win that. Screw you, Georgia Tech. I hate you. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, right? Well, Gonzaga is not going to become – or not Gonzaga. Virginia, it looks like they're not going to be coming out of quarantine to be, even be able to have a practice until probably Thursday. Hmm. So and, – and Virginia is not that great. Like, this is not a vintage Virginia team. I know they're technically still the defending champion. Not a vintage – Virginia team, their guard play is average at best. They have two really good players in the front court with Jay Huff and Sam Howes. Those guys can both shoot the ball, and you're just rolling your eyes now. Good players. I don't like the fact that they're dealing with this COVID issue right now. Not going to have a lot of practice time leading up to the game. I don't think they're nearly as good anyway this year. I'm Virginia's a team to fade guys in this tournament. Ohio has some guys that can absolutely shoot the basketball. I don't watch them Ohio. I've watched about 30 minutes of Ohio basketball this year. I watched the MAC tournament, but I saw what I liked. I saw enough. I'm going with Ohio to pull the upset over Virginia. Okay, are we going down or are we finishing that bracket? Um, Charlie, we're finishing the West. That's, I didn't know if you wanted to do those four games for the next round. I'm, I'm, I got you. Okay. I got you covered. I got well, you covered. Call All right. You, no. Okay. I see what you're saying. Go down. Okay. Um, USC is a six seed versus either Wichita State or Drake who wins that first four game. USC. All right. USC for Charlie. Um, I got Wichita State to beat Drake. I have Wichita State beating USC. USC is a team. They're a finesse team. They're a typical California team. Evan Mobley is probably going to be a, maybe the first draft. No, he'll probably be the second pick because we'll probably see Kate Cunningham go number one from Oklahoma State. Evan Mobley's obscenely talented. He might be the next the wave the fu- the wave of the future at center in the NBA. He's a guy that can shoot the ball. He can bring the ball up the court. He's super talented. 
but he's a typical finesse California player. This is a team that doesn't have good guard play. In the NCAA tournament, you gotta be able to play defense and you gotta be able to have, you gotta have guards that can score the basketball. USC is pretty good defensively. They don't have good guard play. I'm fading USC hard here. You wish Shaw State is one of those kind of teams, kind of like Colorado, who beat USC in the past, actually beat USC three times this year. They're a grinded out, tough physical team. I think Wichita State, not as talented, but they're a grinding type team. They're a physical team. They're going to come in there and they're going to punch USC in the mouth as much as you can in college basketball. Wichita State gets that win, upsets USC. All right, then we're moved down. We've got Kansas as a three seed versus Eastern Washington as a 14 seed. I know I need to pick some upsets, but I guess just Kansas. Yeah, I agree here. I think Kansas, I was fading Kansas hard earlier in the year, but they've really improved. The season's gone on, so I got Kansas there as well. Um, interesting matchup here. Surprise, VCU got in, to be honest with you. I uh, watched that the A10 finals last uh, last night. Wasn't mm, they're okay? They're okay. They're fine. But you got Oregon as a seven seed coming to the Pac-12. VCU out of the A10 as a ten seed. VCU. Charlie's going VCU. Any reason why? No. Because you don't like Oregon's colors. I don't Oregon's got incredible Oregon. colors. Um, I got Oregon here. I think Oregon's a team that man. They don't have. They have zero depth. But their starting lineup. Their starting five. They are good. Chris Duarte, good player. Charlie's like hanging her head. Don't give me any analysis here. Really good player. Um, I think, man, I think Oregon is a team that could potentially make it to like the Elite Eight. But yeah, I'm going Oregon. I'm going Oregon in this matchup. All right. Next up, we got Iowa Grand Canyon. Iowa. Yeah, Iowa easy. Uh, let's go down. Should we go, what is this? The bottom left corner now? Yep. The east bracket. Yeah. For those of you who know college basketball. All right, Michigan is a one seed versus Mount St. Mary's as a 16 seed. Michigan. Michigan. Um, oh, this is an interesting one. LSU is the eight seed versus number nine, St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure. They're going with the Bonnies. I actually have the Bonnies as well. I got Michigan. I got, I got the Bonnies. Um, number, this is an interesting matchup. Colorado is the five seed playing Georgetown. We had to win the Big East tournament to get in. Colorado. Yep, I got the buffs as well. You need um, to write these down if you're writing mine down. Oh yeah. Well, you're trying. You're like you're getting mad at me that I'm not going fast enough. So I'm trying to do this and also Bonnie's. See you. All right, Florida State versus UNC Greensboro out of the Southern Conference. Um, I um, a Florida State. Florida State it is. Um, I have Florida State as well. UNCG is good. I'm going to go FSU. I really like FSU this year. I think they're a good team, a deep, talented team. Got some guys who can shoot the ball, good guard play. Uh, BYU is the sixth seed, the Storm and Mormons, versus either Michigan State or UCLA. Mm. I'm going to go with UCLA. So, so you're going to go with UCLA to beat Michigan State and then also beat BYU? Oh, well, yeah. Mm, I guess you, BYU. Do you understand how that works? Yes, BYU. Okay, so she's going BYU. I just know I have to pick upsets. You don't have to pick who you think is going to just pick. Um, I'm going BYU as well here. BYU, that's, that's a team to watch, guys. That's a good team. they got some guys that can shoot the ball, play good defense, physical. Uh, Texas as a 3C, verse number 14, Abilene Christian. Texas. Yes, let's go Longhorns there. Interesting matchup here, number 7, UConn, versus number 10, Maryland. Maryland. Ooh, Maryland. Any reason? Nah. Just want to pick an upset? I don't like UConn. Why? I don't know. Because they're from the north? There are podcasts I listen to, and people are UConn fans, and I just... What podcast? I'm not... Okay, you're not going to put... Oh, we can't... We don't know what podcast you... Charlie... Okay, it's a secret, guys. Necessary Roughness. Oh, Barcelona's College yes. Football Podcast? Yeah. Okay. Who's a UConn fan? Oh, okay. The producer, right? Yeah. The producer, okay. Uh, number two, Alabama. Number 15, Iona. Bama. All right, Charlie's going Bama. All right, I've also got Bama. I got UConn, by the way. UConn... Is um, James Booknight is back? This guy's a mean NBA player. 
They're physical, tough. I like them. Maryland's got some good guards, but let's go UConn. All right, let's go over to the Midwest, the bottom right corner now. we got number one seed, Illinois, versus number 16, Drexel. Can we just Illinois. say Illinois? We know that's going to happen. All right, um, Loyola, Chicago. Loyola. Over Georgia Tech? Yep. Is that a spite pick, or you really think they're going to win? Um, both. Okay. I, um, I'm going to shame myself. I, you don't have to do this. I'm going to do it for I'll do it myself. I hate myself for this. I think Georgia Tech is a better basketball team. Um, again, not much depth, but their starting five is good. They're good. I hate this. I I want to be wrong here, Charlie. I want you to get this point over me, but I'm going to go Tech. Um, Tennessee is a five seed. Oregon State won the Pac-12 again as a 12 seed. Tennessee. Tennessee. I've got Tennessee. Do I have Tennessee? Oh, man, I didn't make – I'm going back and forth on this one. Charlie's going Tennessee. I am going to go Oregon State on this one. Tennessee is a team to fade. I think Tennessee could potentially win this game. They probably will win this game. But if you're looking for a team that might be able to knock a, a, a top seed off or a top five seed, Tennessee is a team to fade. They are offensively challenged. They are more talented Oregon State. Oregon State's playing well right now. Ethan Anderson's a good player, a really good player in the Pac-12 that no one really talks about. I don't trust Tennessee. John Fulgerson got elbowed in the face. He's probably out at least for the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. They're starting center at Tennessee. I just don't trust them offensively. They're pretty good on defense. I'm going to go Oregon State to upset Tennessee in the first round. That's my 12-5 upset here. All right, Oklahoma State is the four seed versus Liberty is the 13 seed. Liberty. All right. Whoa. Whoa. Kate Cunningham, probable number one pick going out in the first round. Sure. Going to pull a Trey Young. All right. All right, Liberty it is. You're going to go with Liberty? Sure. The fighting Hugh Freezes? Sure. All right, let's go. Uh, so Liberty, uh, San Diego State is a six seed. Syracuse is 11. Syracuse sneaks in. San Diego State. Because you'd rather live there than Syracuse? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. Uh, all right. Um, I This is a tough one for me. San Diego State's a good team. Syracuse is really inconsistent. I'm going to go Syracuse. They've had depth issues all year. It's been a thing for them, a theme for a while. But they're playing more guys down the stretch. I like what I've seen from them lately. They should have beaten Virginia. I mean, they had Virginia beat Virginia. Won literally a buzzer beater in the uh, was it the quarterfinals of the ACC tournament. So I'm gonna go Syracuse here to pull. I mean, I, I guess it's an upset. I don't think it's a massive upset there. But I got Syracuse to beat San Diego State. Uh, West Virginia has a three seed. Morris State is a fourteen seed. Charlie. Uh, West Virginia. What's the song? West Virginia, Take Me Home, Country Roads, whatever it is. All right, Country Roads, it is. Um, interesting matchup here: seven seed Clemson versus ten seed Rutgers. Clemson. Clemson. As much as I hate it. Why? Yeah, you're gonna give me crap for picking tech. Why you be Clemson? I didn't give you crap. You did that to yourself. Well, you were, you knew you were going to if I didn't. No. It's preemptive. I don't Okay, care. whatever. Uh two seed Houston versus fifteen seed Cleveland State. Houston, Houston. right? Yep. Uh by the way, I'm not taking Clemson. I'm taking Rutgers. Rutgers uh can just Clemson can't score. Clemson cannot score in the basketball. They're good defensively, but they cannot score. I cannot trust them to win that game. So I got Rutgers there advancing to the second round. All right, let's go. One more bracket up here for the first round, Charlie. In the South, uh, Baylor versus Hartford. Baylor. Baylor it is. Okay. Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin over North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina's not that great this year. Guard play is a problem. They're really big up front, but guard play is a problem. you got to have guard play in the tournament. Villanova, who's lost their point guard tragically right before this uh, the Big East tournament, lose Colin Gillespie. So they're shorthanded here, taking on Winthrop, who's lost one game all year, Charlie. They're 23-1. and one. Can Winthrop pull the upset? Yes. Winthrop. So there's your upset. It's very possible, actually. I wanted to bet on Villanova, but I can't do it now. Um, 4 C Purdue versus 13 C North Texas. Purdue. Purdue it is. 
Have you seen this? Oh, oh, you have not seen this. They have a dude at 7'4", by the way, Purdue. It's it's incredible. Zach, he actually moves really well for a guy at 7'4". It's crazy to watch. Uh, true freshman, by the way. Um, all right, moving down here. 6 seed Texas Tech versus 11 seed Utah State. Hmm, Texas Tech? Yeah, this one. Utah State's a team that could upset. Like, when you're picking these upsets, guys, against teams that – with teams that you haven't really watched play, if you haven't watched much Utah State, just – my advice would be – just find teams that you don't like that you've that you've seen that you don't trust that you want to fade. And Texas Tech is one of those teams for me. I really want to pick Utah State, but I'm going to stick with Texas Tech as well. That's a, I bet Utah State can win that basketball game. Um, Arkansas is a three seed. Charlie, the Hogs are taking on Colgate. Arkansas. Arky, it is. All right. Um, Florida is a seven seed versus Virginia Tech. Is Virginia a 10. Tech. I've also got Virginia Tech to upset Florida. Florida is another team that's just inconsistent up and down. I can't trust Virginia Tech shoots the ball well. Kiva Aluma up, up front is a really good is a really good forward who can actually score in the post. I got guys that can shoot and compliment him, so let's go him there or go Virginia Tech there. Ohio State Oral Roberts. Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State for sure. Okay, now we're in the second round, real quick. We'll go rapid fires. I know that you got to get out of here, and you're just like bored to death over here talking college basketball. Uh, second round, Gonzaga Missouri. Gonzaga. Zaga. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Say it with me. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. All right. Gonzaga. All right. Creighton versus Virginia. Mm. What did you say about Virginia? I don't trust them in general this year. Plus, they probably looks like they're not going to practice for the first time. Well, this oh week. yeah, we'll go Creighton. Charlie's going Creighton. I, by the way, guys, I know our, this is where we're going to diverge a little bit. I have Creighton in the second round versus Ohio. I've got Ohio upsetting Creighton going to Sweet Sixteen to get beat by Gonzaga. That's why I have it. Ohio is my little upset Sweet Sixteen special there. I like their guard play a lot. Um, all right. USC versus Kansas. Interesting matchup. Mm. USC? All right, Charlie's going USC. I have actually Wichita State versus Kansas in that second round matchup. I'm going to go Kansas to win that one and advance to the Sweet 16. And then we've got, you got VCU versus Iowa, Charlie, in the second Iowa. round. Yes, I've also got Iowa as well going to the Sweet 16. To, I got them facing Kansas. You've got them facing USC. Should we just finish this? Sure, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, Gonzaga Creighton. Gonzaga. The Zags. The Zags. There we go. USC, Iowa. Iowa. I also have Gonzaga in Iowa in that regional final in the Elite Eight. Do you have Gonzaga beating Iowa? Yes. I have Gonzaga in the final four as well. All right, we'll come back to the final four. All right, and I really like Iowa, by the way, guys. I really do like them. Luca Garza, some people love him, some people hate him. He is a super skilled player, not very athletic, super skilled inside as, as, a, as a post guy. Can get you 20 points easy every single game. And what I love about Iowa is they have a bunch of shooters around him. They work their offense through Garza. And when teams collapse on him, he just finds the upper man, dishes it out, and they hit shots. It's a really great comment. They get beaten up because people say they don't play great defense. And they're not great defensively, but they're better than people give them credit for. I like this Iowa team. I think they can make a little bit of a run maybe to the Elite Eight. All right, let's go down to the East, Charlie. You got Michigan versus St. Bonaventure. Michigan. Does it bother you that Michigan's... Top score is out for the tournament with a stress fracture in his foot. Oh, yeah. Snap. But do you think they can still beat St. Bonaventure? Yeah, right? I think okay. they can. Yeah, I also have Michigan advancing to the Sweet 16. I don't. I, I thought they had a chance to potentially win the national title with Livers. Without Livers, I don't believe that anymore. But I think they can get to the Sweet 16, beat uh, St. Bonaventure or LSU there. Uh, we've got Colorado versus FSU. Um, Colorado? You sound very confident there. I mean, I don't know a whole lot. All right, I'm going to go – you're going to go Colorado. I'm going to go Florida State here. Again, I like Florida State. They are a balanced team, a lot of depth, have a lot of guys that can score and contribute. So I'm going to go Florida State there to beat 
Colorado. So you've got Colorado, Michigan. Who advances? Colorado. Colorado over Michigan. All right. I actually have somebody upsetting Michigan as well, but it's not Colorado. I have Florida State advancing to the Elite Eight and taking down the Michigan Wolverines. All right, moving down a little bit here. BYU versus Texas. BYU. Any reason why? Um, the Mormons? You like you, you saw Book of Mormon once, and so you decided you're going to go with BYU. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. All right, fair enough. Uh, Maryland versus Alabama. Bama. Bama, yeah, I agree. I also have BYU upsetting Texas, by the way. Texas is another team I would fade. I know they won the Big East, tur- the Big 12 tournament, but I just don't trust them. I just, their guard play is sporadic. They can be good, but they're up and down. I don't know. Uh, BYU has some guys that can shoot. They have some guys that can play inside as well. So I got BYU. All right, BYU, Bama. Bama. Bama it is. All right, Colorado, Bama. Bama. So you got chalk here so far. You've got Gonzaga. and Well, you, I don't necessarily chalk. you got Michigan that was upset. you got Gonzaga and Bama in the Final Four. We'll come back to the Final Four real quick in a, in a few minutes. Baylor, Wisconsin. Um, Baylor, I guess. Yeah, um, Wisconsin is terrible. I don't even know what. They, they shouldn't even be in the tournament. I mean, I, technically they've got some good wins. They should be in the tournament, but they are not a good basketball team. Fade them very, very hard. I actually have North Carolina beating Wisconsin in the first round. Um, I could be wrong. I don't See, I don't trust North Carolina either, but... Wisconsin is not very good right now. Uh, we've got Winthrop versus Purdue. Purdue? All right. Purdue goes on to face Baylor. Baylor, Purdue. One versus four. Chalk so far for you. Baylor. You, again, sounds super confident here. Why? Because they're a one seed and we're going with that? Sure. Um, I also This is an interesting one. Baylor doesn't have a ton of size. Purdue has a couple guys that are that can really, really hurt you down low. Again, Zach Eady, seven foot four freshman. You just throw the ball to him. The guy can go and score. He moves really well for a guy that size. But Baylor, I love their guards. They're the best three-point shooting team in the country, and you got to be able to shoot threes. They also defend pretty well. So I'm going to go with Baylor as well to get to the Elite Eight. All right, second round, Texas Tech versus Arkansas. Arkansas. Why, SEC? They've been playing well this year. They're really good. I think they're, I think, I'm by, you could have made an argument they were the best team in the SEC. I know they lost to LSU, but they're playing really well down the stretch. You were right about that. Good analysis, Charlie. Uh, Virginia Tech versus Ohio State. Um, um, well, I thought of this one. Mm, Virginia Tech? Sure. Why not? Upset special. Let's go. Um, Ohio State is one of those teams that they can be really good. Like they were playing, they played really well against Illinois in the Big Ten Championship, but they've also had some games that were complete duds. I could see Virginia Tech winning this game. I'm going to go with Ohio State. I trust them defensively a little bit more right now. So I'm going to go Ohio State. You've got Arkansas, Virginia Tech. Who wins that match to face Baylor in the Elite Eight? Arkansas. Any reason why? Because they've been playing well. (laughs) SEC? SEC? Okay, sure. Pick your poison. I also have Arkansas going to the uh, Elite Eight. I got Baylor versus Arkansas as well. So we're Kind of came to the same conclusion there. Going down in the Midwest, Illinois versus Loyola, Chicago. Oh, okay. You're right. Baylor versus Arkansas to go to the Final Four. Arkansas. Woo, Charlie. Pick Suey. Um, all right, going down in the Midwest, Illinois versus Loyola, Chicago. Illinois. All right, the Illini are playing really good. This is the team I'm buying, guys. Buy the Illini right now. Uh, Tennessee versus Liberty. Tennessee. Going with the Vols. I do not trust the Vols. You know I had the Vols going out in the first round. So I actually have – what did I have? I have Oregon State losing to Oklahoma State in the second round. And Oklahoma State facing Illinois in the Sweet 16. We'll come to that here in a second. Um, I should just go to that. Illinois versus Tennessee. Illinois. One versus five. Illinois going to the Elite Eight in the Midwest. All right. Then we've got San Diego State versus – for you, San Diego State versus West Virginia. Two. San Diego State. No country roads for you. Yeah. You just hate West Virginia. I see how it is. All right, San Diego State. I actually have West Virginia 
defeating Syracuse in the second round, going on to the Sweet 16. Clemson versus Houston for you. Houston. All right. Houston it is. I've got Rutgers winning that first round match against uh, Clemson. But i got Houston beating Rutgers. I've got West Virginia beating Houston to go face Illinois in the Elite Eight. You've got San Diego State versus Houston. Who goes to the Elite Eight? Um, San Diego Houston. State or Houston. And guys, real quick, I do like I like West Virginia a lot. Derek Culver down low is another guy. They have, it's a great compliment. They they have Culver down low as your post guy that can score and rebound, and they also have a bunch of guys around him: Taz Sherman, Miles McBride, McNeil. They have a bunch of guys that can shoot the three and score the basketball. It's a really fun team to watch. I think West Virginia can go to the Elite Eight. So you've got Illinois versus Houston in the Elite Eight. Charlie, who goes to the Final Four? Illinois. Illinois. I have Illinois knocking out West Virginia. I think West Virginia is capable of beating Illinois. I think Illinois is just playing so well right now. They were really dependent upon Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn for most of the year, but their young guys, their complimentary pieces have really come on of late. So down in the Final Four, Charlie, you have... So your Final Four is Gonzaga versus Bama, Arkansas versus Illinois. I've got Gonzaga versus Florida State and Baylor versus Illinois. So let's go to that first matchup. Gonzaga versus Alabama. Who wins? Zags. Zags it is. Did you just give up on saying Gonzaga? Yep. Okay. Um, I've got Gonzaga defeating FSU to go to the championship game. You have Arkansas versus Illinois in the final four. Illinois it is. I also have Illinois in the championship game. I have them defeating Baylor, though. Uh, Gonzaga. So we, we, we came to the same conclusion, Charlie. Gonzaga versus Illinois. Who wins the whole thing? You put Gonzaga, didn't you? I'm not telling you what I put. You did. So I guess I have to pick Illinois. So you just are you did you like copy me and just I've, change a few things? No. no. Pick whoever you want. Who you think is going to win? I, I don't. I I mean I just people have been laughing at this if they continue to listen to it. I mean that was the point. Um. Well, since you picked the Zags, I'll go with Illinois. All right, Charlie's going Illinois. I'm going Gonzaga. I think Illinois could win. I think there's only a handful of teams that could actually win it this year. I think Gonzaga could win it. I think Illinois could win it. I think Baylor could win. It. Although they're after they're, they went on COVID pause and they have not been playing well lately, I would have said Michigan could have won it. If Michigan uh, had not had Isaiah Livers go down with injury, but not anymore. Pro tip for you guys: there has not been a team. I, I think in the past 10, 15 years, I can't remember exactly the, how many years it's been, but it's been a long time since a team that was ranked outside the top twenty-five in the Ken Palm adjusted offensive and adjusted defensive rankings won the NCAA tournament. So if you're looking for a team to win, go to the Ken Palm rankings. Look at their adjusted offensive ranking, their adjusted defensive ranking. They, they should be inside the top 25 in both rings. It's been like 10 or 15 years since a team ranked outside the top 25 and either one of those metrics has won the NCAA tournament. So that should be your cutoff metric there. So go check that out. Do the research there. Join our league if you want to. We'll have some fun with it. It's just for fun. And we'll see. Well, I'm sure Charlie will defeat me and we can all laugh at me here in a couple of weeks. But all right, guys, that does it for us here on the Glory UGA Pockets. At least for those of you who stuck it out with a little bit of college basketball talk. I know that was weird and crazy and very rapid fire. But again, thank you for humoring there. I do love a little bit of college basketball talk. But thanks for listening, guys. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. Curse, I will be back. we'll be back later this week. We'll talk a little bit more college basketball. This time, it'll be focused on the University of Georgia, taking a look back at the season that was and also looking ahead in the future at what in the world is next to this program. What do we need to do to take the next step and actually find ourselves this time next year in the NCAA tournament. Is Tom Crean still the guy? Should we, is it time to move on from Tom Crean? All these questions, we'll be discussing those later on this week. So make sure to check back then. But thanks for listening. And as always, go dogs.